Twice a week, Van Lathan and Rachel Lindsay dissect the biggest topics in Black culture, politics, and sports on their show, Higher Learning. They discuss the most important and timely conversations while also frequently inviting guests on the podcast and occasionally debating each other. Check out Higher Learning on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. UGG has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the golden collection at UGG.com. Dave, cold open question of the week. All right. Dave, what is the difference between me and you if somebody tries to pull us over and take <laughs> our car? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, it depends on what state I'm in because my concealed carry <laughs> on. Oh, sorry. Uh, man, man, I hope there's not too much of a difference. This is really when it really comes down to it, right? Yeah, yeah. Those, there was a, they cheered pretty hard for that gun line to kind of let you know where we were <laughs> we were talking to. So, yeah, let's, let's roll. Uh, let's all right, let's do this. What's going on, Jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. Gross Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Long. The king of sad stop. The Silver Lake heartthrob. It's Troy Kirby. It's Nick Mundy. This is real WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE superstar, Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. Zach Linder. Dan Black, a.k.a. the Goofaraja. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening. You're listening to this. You're listening to. You are listening to. You're listening. You're listening. listening. You're listening to the Masked Man Show. 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 Welcome to the Masked Man Show with Kaz. How you doing, buddy? Dave, I'm feeling good, brother. Feeling good, man. That's good week of wrestling. It was a good week of wrestling. We had a lot of good stuff. We we had the we started off with Extreme Rules. Let's talk about that up top. Uh, we have we have uh, a, a, some AEW excitement from last mm-hmm. night. We got some Kaz rating system matches. We got some KRS matches. Some stars to give away today. Feeling I good. I cannot wait to find out. We're gonna do a little sell or no sell to close out the show. Um, but let's just open up talking about Extreme Rules and the fallout uh, thereof. We. Uh, we talked about it on Green Room on Sunday night, and it came up as a, we ran it as a podcast on Monday. So everybody, I'm sure, had the chance to listen to it. Me and you, and and the undisputed champion Evan Mack, were on there. Yes, um, yes. T- trying to make sense of everything that happened. Listen, Extreme Rules was was a good show. Like if that had been, like if that had been an episode of Rampage that had like a theme attached to it, but it wasn't actually like a big like a pay per view event. You would have been like, "That was a banger of a night, man!" Top right. to bottom, like they. I, I mentioned Rampage not to like like put the two companies at odds. It's only that just like AEW has this great ability to turn a regular episode of TV into a meaningful one, and and 
with the exception of like Legends Night, WWE yeah. overtax themselves to the point where they can't do that anymore. Well, there's a lot of reasons, but anyway. No, I would uh, tell. I would say. I would say the fact that AEW only has like four major shows a year kind of plays into like their TV being a little bit more souped up. So I, I, I see. I see the correlation you're making. I get it. Yeah, but anyway, it was a good night. It was a really good night. Of, 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 of most, there was a lot of good matches on there. I think we said the one skip of the night was the was the U.S. title match, and even that I rewatched it. Man, that was a lot of fun. I think Seamus is getting nose surgery again, so apparently it was <laughs> stiff. Yeah, I, I think I might have been a little too hard on Damian Priest. There was some there was some moments there where that just kind of took it away from me. But all in all, I think they got it all back on Monday night. That that match they had was really good. So I mean, obviously the big the big things that we're still thinking about from that show. I mean, we, we're going to segue this into Raw a little bit. Are the endings of the two last matches right? Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair. Ended in disqualification when Sasha made her big return, interfered. I don't mind that sort of in a vacuum because at least we got a good match. And that's, you know, what I mean, listen, I'm not going to. I think there's better ways to do it, but I'm not aghast. I'm not clutching my pearls at that one on its own. But when you do something like that, you got to give us you got to give us something big. You got to hopefully give us a big finish in the next match. Right. You got I mean, you got to let us walk, go home with something to hold on to. And in the main event, we got a really great, I'd say pretty like a very good match between Roman Reigns and Demon Finn Balor uh, that ended with, there was Uso interference, Finn fought back, probably one of the, probably the gnarliest spear through the barricade of all time. And then the Demon has, it turns out the Demon has magical powers, comes back to life when like the EKG noise starts playing out on the loudspeaker. Again, not my cup of tea, but like totally defensible. Like I get it. Like whatever. Yeah, you got to make the demon somehow special and have some sort of abnormality that makes him a challenge to anybody. So I wasn't mad at like the new Jack ass whooping red light. I know we, no. we get PTSD from red light matches again, but when it happens really quickly for a few seconds, I I could stomach it. <laughs> I know there is the red light P- PTSD. We've we've seen a lot of it, and I think the problem is it doesn't always play real well on HGTV, which you think would be like the the, the test case, you know, like you would just be like the, like this this is how they would be figuring out what they should do. But anyway, he comes back to life, and then he climbs the top rope, and the rope break, the turnbuckle breaks, and he falls five feet, and is dead. Um, it's a weird, I think it's a really weird juxtaposition, right? It wasn't like he, he fell off and that provided the opening. It was like, it, that was like, he broke his legs when he fell off, which was just sort of crazy. He normally falls like three <laughs> times that far when he does his finisher. But yeah, like Finn is like extremely graceful. So for him to just kind of like fall off and that be the end of it was like, oh, okay. All right. This is a little much. Yeah, it was a weird way to, and then and then that was just the ending. And we didn't even get the satisfaction of going home with just like, oh, Paul Heyman gimmicked the ropes. Or, right. or it was an act of God, apparently. Yeah. Like Roman looking to the heavens. Dude, even if they had just worked in, what if they, if they had just done a spot earlier where like when the demon was in full form, like Roman can't body slam him because the demon weighs 500 pounds. Like whatever, <laughs> like, like give us something. Something, yeah, maybe. Maybe that would make sense. Like, I don't know. It was weird, but uh, I, it's not Friday yet, so I'm not going to assume that, you know, things just sort of happened the way it did. You know what? If, you'd rever- if it had been a role reversal where we got like a clean finish there that I understood. And then in the raw match, well, I guess we didn't really have a raw main event, but if they had, if it's okay to do, I think to leave you hanging a little bit more 
after a Raw main event when you're going to find out the answer 24 hours later, right? But it, but even if there is like a logical answer, like I'm like we're going to wait five days to find out Paul Heyman has a wrench in his back pocket, or we're going to wait <laughs> five days to find out it wasn't like I. There could be a great answer to this. But yeah. you can't leave somebody hanging for five days regardless. And even if you do think it's okay to leave someone hanging for five days, you better have something interesting at the end and not just like, you know, a deflating balloon sound effect. But there there were reasons for hope. I mean, listen, none of us really thought Finn was going to win. Every year, a couple of times a year, we talk ourselves into, well, maybe they figured out that Roman doesn't need the belt for the Saudi show. He's got Brock. That's a big enough match. Like maybe they, maybe they, maybe they see that. But they never see it, and they also always they always put the belt on the big match. And we all we like we've been saying forever. Like Roman's gonna hold the belt until The Rock shows up at WrestleMania. <laughs> and even then, I'm not so sure The Rock goes over. You know, like I'm pretty sure. No, no, I just him. I just think they're saving it for that point in time, and then after that, it'll be okay for him to lose to Finn or whoever you know. Whoever the fin of the moment is, um, I I think that's a little bit short sighted or a lot bit short sighted. But regardless, um, the big fallout though, I mean, the, the stuff that we know so far because we have experienced Monday Night Raw is that the, the, they they set up a match between champion Big E and former champion Bobby Lashley to open Raw. They set that up on the pay per view, which was really cool. That was like one of the really kind of smart, smart, interesting things they did. Those two guys started off to to uh to I mean those guys started off the night had a really good match then the hurt business came reappeared reunited reused something uh and the new day came down to even the odds and they end up in a steel cage match to end the show Big E ends up winning um there's a lot of different ways we could look at this on the one hand it's really cool that the hurt business is back Sands yeah. MVP, but whatever. I think MVPs are uh, got a shoot knee injury. So yeah, I think yeah, he's yeah. Rehabbing. So, but, but yeah. they, but they, but they got, they, they got three quarters of the of the hurt business back together, which is <laughs> which is positive, and just enough to compete with the bloodline and uh, you know the new day. So it's all good. So right. So you're thinking, oh, they got all these like groups of four. This is kind of interesting, but I mean, that was a clean loss. On the episode before the draft begins, felt a lot like Bobby Lashley has already has his ticket stamp for SmackDown. Stop me! Stop me if you disagree. And then, if that's the case, I gotta start thinking. Well, they could take the whole hurt business to SmackDown. That could be kind of fun. But on the other hand, it would be really it would it would be really unsurprising if they took Lashley on his own to SmackDown and just pretended the Hurt Business reunion never happened the next time <laughs> we saw an episode of SmackDown or Raw, right? It wouldn't be the first time that would happen where it was just like, nah, that didn't happen. You just kind of you know sweep it under the rug and forget it. Well, it can happen, just... but it's like it doesn't like they're not actually back together in a meaningful way. It was right. just a gimmick for a match because people had been asking for it, so it's sort of like you know the yeah, the, the, the legend run in or whatever. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know if they go that far to, to, you know, I don't think they go that far as far as like having them take the picture backstage and having the the steel cage gimmick kind of go the way it goes if they didn't have, you know, at least some, uh, you know, at least some short term plans for the Hurt Business, right? Like, I don't know if it's going to SmackDown as a collective. I don't know if it's uh, MVP, like working out some sort of deal 
uh, for, you know, I, I, I keep thinking we're pointing towards war games at Barclays Center. I mean, I don't know if we're going to have, you know, uh, you know, the, the title for title match. I do love, you know, the brand versus brand stuff, but I just think with NXT going through the change that's gone through and having these three like top factions in the beginning at the top of the show and, um, you know, Big E when he was on the show uh, saying just how much he loves factions and thinks there should be more factions. I think there's no better time to put those thoughts to the test than at Survivor Series. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you still can't have those champion first champion matches because now at least you have a way of getting somebody pinned that isn't necessarily all the way clean if you have like a war games match earlier in the night or kicking off the night or something like that, you know, or having a the title matches and kick off the show and ending the show with, you know, the war games between Hurt Business, New Day, and um, you know, uh the bloodline. I think there's I think there's many ways you could skin that cat. So um if it were me, I would definitely like to see Lashley on SmackDown. I think he's done kill a killer job as a real threat to everybody. I mean, he's one of the few people, I think, in history who has walked into WrestleMania and walked out of and walked into SummerSlam as WWE champion and walked out both of those big events as WWE champion. And uh, I think he's built a lot of credibility over the years to where we can definitely put him on the A show and have him, you know, keep Roman and the bloodline warm for a couple of weeks until, you know, we get into that Royal Rumble run. Do you think, not that it really matters, but you see, I mean, the one good thing about the Hurt Business, I mean, the one positive sign, I think, for the Hurt Business is that you can... With their after the reaction they got as like baby basically baby face reactions when they were heels, you could see that making a little bit more sense to Vince or whoever to to reunite the her business to hopefully get that little baby face reaction when they're going up against Roman and the Bloodline, right? Yeah, because yeah. otherwise, you know, Bobby might get the booze. You never, you know, it's kind of hard to predict. I mean, it seems like the, it makes the most sense. I mean, you got MVP and Heyman, you got the tag teams of the Usos and, you know, Seti and Shelton, and then you got Roman and and Lashley going at it. So it yeah. makes the most sense, yeah. It does. That would make a lot of sense. Um, but the thing about war games is this. This, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> no, I mean, why, why wouldn't it? Why wouldn't it? You're at Barclays Center. You're in Brooklyn. But you, how many times have we said, oh, if they just did war games? I mean, it's like we're, we're in like the dozens now. It's just, well, they've like, done it on NXT a few times it's like it's, and it's, it's worked. And no, it's I know, but that's, all the, that's, that's a great reason why they wouldn't do it on the main roster. <laughs> NXT's anyway, I don't know. I mean, I, mean I, I think I think NXT War Games or Takeover War Games, however they call it, is enough of a staple within WWE that they can move it up to the big show now, right? Like, if if you're not doing stuff on NXT for the purpose of it working on the main show, why are you doing it? Like, eventually, it's got to be on the big show, right? But that's just it. I mean, do, do, do we just got NXT 2.0, and I'm guessing it'd be pretty easy to justify nothing that you know they're telling themselves nothing's working on NXT. So why would we do something they did even if it worked at one point a while ago? I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, you could you could make that argument, but like War Games sold tickets, you know, like there's certain things as far as like the development of certain characters and yeah, how they but work you don't know on the how, main show. Yeah, but you know, you've been on the inside. They can dismiss that stuff so easily if they want to. All you have to do True. is just to have it. I mean, it, it it's really hard when something feels like somebody else's idea for it to get a lot of traction in there. And War Games has the double stink from being <laughs> an old WCW and WA idea and be, and then being like an NXT idea. I find it hard to imagine that would main event 
at a big pay-per-view for WWE. That said, it would be kind of fun if they just did the old school Survivor Series setup, right? Just like that now we got cool. all these factions, just get everybody in groups of four and, and pair off and just start going. I mean, it would be, um, it, I mean, they could have a lot of fun with that. I don't know. I mean, I, uh, or groups of three, I, I don't really know how they would do it. But um, the old school Survivor Series was awesome because even in an era where storytelling wasn't exactly like high literature, um, pre-modern storytelling, even then, as a kid, you got the thrill of seeing people having to coexist that wouldn't normally coexist. So all these storylines are kind of getting get being grabbed out of thin air. You know, it's like if there's an awkward tag between Carrie Von Erich and the Ultimate Warrior, then you're like, oh, are they going to be fighting in the future, or like, are they going to be a tag team? Like, you get all this, these fun interactions, you know, and it's and that and that could be a lot of fun, even if the stakes are relatively low. I think it's yeah. much... I would rather see that than the Raw versus SmackDown thing where it's like we get absolutely no information and no thrill and no anything else because it's like the stakes are brand supremacy. And listen, there is a there is a, there is is a a war for brand supremacy going on out there and it's not Raw versus SmackDown right <laughs> no, now, right? I mean, no. it, it's... <laughs> so... Uh, I mean, I don't know. That that's way off in the future, but I could see. Uh, th- th- hopefully, hopefully they would. You know, they'll have some interesting opportunities there. Um, was it? What else from Raw do we need to touch on? Uh, we got oh, Keith whoa. Bearcat Lee. Oh, I, I mean, I got some. I got some stars to give away also from this. Okay, week, from this week well, show. let me. Let's do it. Go ahead and give away your stars, and if there's anything else, I'll chime in at the end. Kaz rating system. Let's get it going. Uh, basically, the shows or parts of the show you need to watch: Charlotte versus Dewdrop. Mid, don't need to watch that much. I mean, it was it was kind of was what it was, and kind of continued the, the story of Charlotte just skating by on championship wins, uh, just by like slight distractions, which is weird. But we did get two bangers out of Monday Night Raw. Uh, one of them was Riddle versus Styles. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Matt Riddle as always, and AJ Styles when you can get. When you can get AJ Styles working with a, a light heavyweight for about 20 minutes, you're guaranteed a, a, a full-on banger. And I love watching AJ do his thing, especially with a guy like Riddle, who seems like he's very easy and fun to work with, and you can do some great stuff. So that's my banger of the week on, on Raw. Um, in addition to that, Big E versus Lashley. Another great match, uh, Steel Cage. Great spot on the outside with the New Day and uh, Hurt Business. That super kick from Xavier Woods off the cage from Cedric Alexander was hot fire. And uh, a decisive win for Big E, man. He's been an incredible babyface champion in less than a month. He's clearly the draw because, you know, before he was champion, AEW Dynamite was starting to beat Raw uh, on the ratings. And I think ever since they've put the title on Big E, uh, they have not lost uh, a, a ratings battle to Dynamite. I mean, if you get into demos and all that type of stuff, whatever. I'm just talking big picture number. Um, Incredible match. Uh, definitely a banger. Uh, yes, sir. Three stars. Uh, I will give it to Damian Three stars? Priest. No, for, for this next match, Damian okay. Priest and Sheamus. The bangers are four stars. Uh, so Biggie, Lashley, Riddle Styles, two bangers of the week. Uh, the mid was Charlotte and Dewdrop. Uh, but yes, sir. Uh, Got to give it to Damian Priest and Sheamus. Um very, very fun match. Much better than the triple threat from the night before. A lot cleaner. Great finish. And like you mentioned, uh, Sheamus got his nose rebroken. So he's heading back <laughs> into plastic surgery. But all the worth the while to get these Kaz rating system stars. And um, that's uh, that's what I got for this week, man. 
man. If you haven't checked out those matches on Raw, go ahead and check those out. Those were really fun. Yeah, yeah, I agree with all that. I agree with all that. Uh, I, well, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna pick nits here. I think that the one other thing that we need to talk about for Monday night, well, we can talk about Keith Bearcat Lee. Uh, yeah, Keith Bearcat. Bearcat. Lee, here's what's weird. Here, here's what's it, we talked about Bearcat right on the show what, last week or the week before yes, or something like that. Yes. Uh, the first uh, for folks who may not know, Bearcat Wright was is before Ron Simmons, the first nationally recognized uh, black world heavyweight champion yeah. in wrestling history. Was, Re- was Re- recognition becomes the issue whenever you talk about black champions. Uh, it, it, I think it was. I think you know if there was ever a reason to to to, to throw a flag or raise a question. Um, you know, in the days, even up until Ron Simmons, frankly, but I mean, in, the, in those early days of wrestling, or when people would look back, I think they would find reasons to question the black champions pretty liberally. But uh, Bearcat Wright has a, certainly has a claim, uh, is regarded by many, myself included, as the first black world champion in so much as it, you know, that's a, it's an important distinction. And uh, he's really one of the greats. His dad was a boxer. He was, well, he was a boxer for a bit too, but he was a monster of a man. And Went out to, I mean, he was a huge star around the country, was a mega star in L.A., which is where he uh, won that title. Um, and you can go online and read all about it. I mean, there's tons of good stuff that you can read about Bearcat Wright. Uh, I encourage you to do so. He, he was an absolute legend. Um, I still find people, like, as of this week, who are just like, why are they calling him Bearcat? Like, as if they just yeah. pulled the name out of thin air. Yeah. Um, I thought I didn't have even tweeted about it because I because by the time I lo- I jumped online like fifty other people were tweeting about Bearcat Wright history so I was like okay well everyone can see this somewhere, um, I don't hate it right I mean for first of all to the to the Bearcat Wright historical question yeah he's not as famous as I saw somebody mentioned Big Cat Ernie Ladd like they go on Big Cat just like well Bearcat's first of all better in my opinion but who cares if you don't the fact that people don't know about bearcat Wright, who's in the wwe hall of fame by the way uh that's that's fine but like it's not that's not a, i mean go f- go learn about him don't be like yeah. oh, i don't know about him go learn that's about the him. point that yeah. is the point is the point is to shine light on these things especially when you're doing it just because you know more about the other dude doesn't mean i mean no one's saying you should call call him like the nature boy keith lee just because we know about that gimmick <laughs> exactly. better right yeah, Learn. I mean, even the Nature Boy was kind of a a, a, a lifted gimmick from the. They were all, from yeah, the, there were so many. There was a billion Nature Boys, and he, and and he lifted it his one his wholesale, right? I mean, so the 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 idea that the, listen, there's not like a coherent argument against Bearcat Lee. I think which thing I should call him Bearcat Lee instead of Keith Bearcat Lee or Bearcat Keith Lee. I just like Bearcat Lee is a nice ring to it, but it's a. I think it's actually a really good look, man. I mean, here here's a really basic thing. WWE has shaved Keith Lee's face twice, and both times, <laughs> and, and both times it coincided with them not quite realizing who Keith Lee was. Right? I'm not saying they figured out Keith Lee now, but it does seem like they let him grow the beard back. I have the confidence that I had when they gave him the beard back in NXT. Right? And then suddenly he's your champion. He's your your double champion. Um, I I think that he's got a real shot here. I think I really like this gimmick. I don't hate the new outfit. You know, at least it gives him a little personality and. Uh, and I like him being mean. I don't subscribe to a lot of the Jim Cornette philosophy in general. Although I guess it probably, I mean, I think a lot of it's tone. I find myself kind of agreeing with him in principle more often than not. But one of his early critiques about Keith Lee was that his voice didn't match his, 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 his character, right? When he just sort of does that like 
I think he called it the Fraser Crane voice uh, when he did. And, and, and I like that. He speaks so well. He's so well spoken. Well, but, I feel like that's I, what Jim Cornette wanted to say. Yeah. Well, okay. But I, yes, you're probably right. Or you yeah. may be right. But I do think there's something to that, right? That like when you're on the indies and even when you're in NXT, you can be such a big star that like in your, in your, like a, such a big fish in, in a relatively small pond that you can be all things to all yeah you can have all these this multifaceted character right and and if you know Keith Lee from watching him on the indies then you're then you know him with a level of depth that it makes sense to be like okay well he's this in the ring and he talks like this and he's like this is his real life personality we know his backstory like there's you know you there's all these pieces that's fine the people that you love like you know more you know more about the personal life of your favorite MMA fighter or basketball player than 99.9% of the world cuz that's what you do with people that you like that you have a, a relationship with even through the screen, right? Correct. Yes. I just think that I just think that the difficulty that sometimes happens with NXT is that either they're get they they come they they join the main roster as these like multifaceted characters that don't hang together in the heads of the average viewer right off the bat, or they make them they go the other way and make them too simple, and all the people that love them for their multifacetedness don't get that thrill anymore. They're like, oh, these are just little like '80s gimmicks, right? So. The difficulty, I mean, it's a, it's a fine it's a fine line to walk. I just think you watch Keith Lee come out there, and he's just real serious, and he just beats the crap out of out of this cruiserweight. You know, they should be having him doing that every week. Have him do that every. Have him do that for two months. You know, because I'll just well, one more thing with the big guys like him. It's really really important that you get not just the tone right, but the perception of of awesomeness. Yeah, you have, that has to be a part of it. You yeah. can't, you can't do with Keith Lee what you do with. We talked about the microwave guys last last week. Keith Lee is not Ricochet. Keith Lee is not going to hang around the mid card or the lower mid card, and then you can just push a button and he's in the main event. Because with the big guys, it's really all about perception. And this is old school, and maybe this is outdated, but it's a really fine line between. Big Van Vader and Mantar or bat, you know, whatever. It's right. a fight. If you don't take him seriously right off the bat, then you got Bastion Booger. It becomes a I joke. Mean, it becomes, he comes Visser King V <laughs> or Big Daddy V. My fault. <laughs> no, no, but th those are silly gimmicks, right? I mean, and, and I know you're going to say, oh, they, you know, Bastion Booger was never a serious thing, but like, like, think about Scott Norton back in WCW. Everybody in the world, everybody in Japan thinks he's a, he's just the baddest of badasses. Or, and, and, or, or Dr. Dusty Williams when he came over to WWE. They come with a legacy, like, they're, they're like, and there's this perception. They talk about it like you're watching as a kid. They talk about these guys like they're tough, but I don't have any reason to believe that they're the baddest yeah. guy in the world. And so I'm just out, right? Nobody, yeah. nobody ever watched a Scott Norton match at WCW and said, yeah, maybe they should make him the champion. Right? Yeah, like no, yeah. like it's it's just a you gotta have a blind confidence with the big men, or you gotta just forget about it because it's not gonna work. Yeah, you make a ton of sense because I think this is a lot of the criticism of the original uh, Keith Lee push, right? Like, because they were there, like from some Survivor Series when there was NXT Raw SmackDown, yes, to Royal Rumble, to you know. Uh, him becoming the, the first double champ in NXT history, like they had a chance to make Keith Lee a big fucking deal. And he was for like four months. Like you talk to anybody around that time, 
that was working in WWE when he was going head up with 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 the tribal chief at Survivor Series. Everyone was looking at Keith being like, this guy's going to main event WrestleMania one day. And it, it, and not even blinking twice. There was like, we just got to find a thing for him. And once it happens, it happens. And I'm, and I'm sure it can still happen. But you, you hit the nail on the head. With big guys, it's hard to get it and stick the landing on that. Like, he's not one of those dudes that you could pop in. Like, he's not Shinsuke Nakamura, right? Like, yep. where Shinsuke can, even though he's the Intercontinental Champion, he can kind of just chill and do his thing with, you know, boogs and get the crowd hype or whatever. But you can take two weeks and put him right across the table of, with Roman Reigns and everyone's invested, right? You can't really do that with Keith Lee quite yet because I feel like that time has kind of passed, right? Like the time that, and, and if you think about people, we always talk about, you know, before we had crowds, who was like the MVP of the COVID era, the pandemic era. I can argue that no person has had worse luck because of COVID and the pandemic than Keith Lee. Like no, before... When there was crowds and, you know, before, you know, we had, he got the call up to the main roster and all that type of stuff. Nobody, nobody in any promotion, AEW, WWE, NXT, nobody was hotter than Keith Lee. Like he had a couple of matches with, with Dijakovic. He cleaned up Adam Cole, was cleaning up people every week. And immediately everyone started to understand exactly what you were talking about. Like, oh, this guy's a badass and this is why, you know? Like, if you didn't catch him in Evolve or you didn't catch him around the world, you wouldn't know. If you only saw those five months of him jumping between WWE and NXT, you would immediately understand why he's that guy. And it's been a while for him to really show who's that guy. And unfortunately for pro wrestling and and almost all wrestling companies, if if you're not showing me what you can do lately, I'll forget, you know? a lot, And lots of people forget. So... Having him come through, change attitude, just a slight different name. It doesn't really mean a whole different change of personality, but it just gives you something to pay attention to. It's little cues like that that lets you know, okay, we're going to start trying to get him warm again. Here's the thing. Yes, there's a lot of things that went wrong with his his jump to Raw, right? Outside of the first, like, 30 seconds, there were a lot of things. And But remember what we were complaining about at the time? The outfit? (laughs) Yes. The music? The singlet, the music... The, at least at least that. now when he comes out he's got the titantron he's got a new look he's got well he's got the music but whatever he's got the new, he's got the gra- the new name at least you have the perception that this is a well considered decision on the part right. of WWE right, right that they're right. just like we thought we had a conversation about this and we took the time to think it over and we waited long enough to get gear made and uh, you know have the graphics package put together you feel a little bit better about it that way and listen right. For all of the everything that I said before, I mean, this you can reboot. I mean, you this is a this is a a pure opportunity for Keith Lee, and I think mm-hmm. that that the idea. I mean, I feel like we've been saying on the show forever. Keith Lee could be in the main event at WrestleMania. You, all you got to do is decide you want him there. It's not a push the button. It's not a microwave situation like Ricochet right. or whoever or Nakamura or whoever else. But he's got that much star power. And so it's yeah. maybe a little bit more of a building project, maybe a little bit more, a lot more of a commitment for someone like Keith Lee. Because it is not- a commitment. Because like I said, if you're going to make him Big Van Vader or Bearcat Wright or whoever, you have to just, it has to be part of the plan that he's in the upper mid card forever. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it is, it's a literal commitment in some ways. But 
you could do that. Like he could be, he can Keith Lee has the star power to main event WrestleMania, period. 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 Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I mean, let's think about it like this, man. WWE is not hiding the fact that they're going younger and blacker, right? And even though Keith Lee isn't that young, uh, he is probably one of the biggest black stars they got. And they still haven't really figured him out yet. So for as as much goodwill as they made with what they've done with Big E, the New Day, Lashley, Bianca, everybody, arguably Keith Lee probably has the most street cred out of all those guys. You know what I'm saying? Like Keith Lee is one of those dudes that if Sean Ross Sapp reports that his contract is coming up, AEW is foaming out the mouth to get Keith Lee, right? Like he is somebody that he can do the indie style. He's an indie darling. The WWE loves him. He's got enough, you know, uh, 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 appeal to both sides to where if they figure it out the right thing for him, he could be just as big a star as anybody in the company, you know? They, so Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Keith Lee, partly just because of his size and his like just top line skill in the ring. Of all of the dudes that have jumped from WWE to AEW, I and, and this, this is my, my opinion. If I was running, Keith Lee is is on the level of Daniel Bryan in terms oh, yeah. of in terms oh, yeah. of tear tear up the script, throw it out, and we got to we got to start over now that we have him on the roster. Yeah, you know, yeah. like he's he I could agree. be he could just change the look of the main event scene in AEW with the snap of a finger. You know, 1, and thousand percent. And and that's and that's something WWE's got to be aware of on some level. You know, I wonder. We've spoken about this before, and we uh, we've spoken about you know the in the pre AEW days where WrestleMania weekend is the buzz weekend for everybody in the Indies, and there's always a guy every year that has you know the undisputed like hottest. You're the hottest dude not in WWE. And one year was AJ Styles. And one year was Shinsuke. One year was Killer Cross. And one year was Keith Lee. And all those guys are people that you want in your wrestling company. You know? So oh, yeah. the fact that they are putting a concerted effort to make you give a fuck about Keith Lee right now should let you know, like, okay, if it ain't going to go here... Then you got some major issues on 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 how you can make it happen. But they've already made it work with him. They've already it's already happened. I know health has gotten in the way. I know he's gotten he's had some some issues post COVID, which you know I'm praying to God that that's you know uh, all been taken care of lately because he's a phenomenal talent. But um, yeah, man, like he's he's somebody, especially on Monday Night Raw, and especially you know with the WWE draft coming up. The WWE draft is always a good. You mentioned tear the script up and let's do something because we got this person. The WWE draft is the perfect time to get people invested again in somebody like him. So I think he's in a good position right now. So, so, so is he, so you think he's going to SmackDown? Is that what we're getting at here? No, I think he stays on raw. I think he stays on raw. I think, I think the money is an eventual biggie versus Keith Lee WWE title match. Like that's, I mean, you know me, I love me some big meaty men slapping meat <laughs> and you can't get more big meatier or bumpier than that. Like I, it's Keith Lee redefined what heavyweight wrestling can be with Dominic Dijakovic, a guy who was extremely talented, but let's face it, hasn't even really scratched the surface of what he's capable of in the WWE. If you can get that Keith Lee that people care about, going up against a super duper over babyface WWE champion in Big E, psh, 
print the tickets, print the shirts, print the tickets. I'm buying all of it. Yeah. I mean, you got to think when you make this sort of character move with, with him, they got to have that sort of idea in the, you know, in their sights. But who knows? Who knows? I think that he's an interesting candidate to get moved only because he feels like the kind of guy that the people at Fox would be like, just put him on our show. Like he's cool. Yeah. He'll look good. He, like he looks good doing press. Like we can, we want, they want those big dudes, you know, they want those superheroes down over on Fox. They want them on Monday Night Raw too, but mm-hmm. he feels like, he feels slightly like a Fox guy, but we'll see. I mean, I, I wouldn't be, I think you're, you make an actually really compelling case for what he could do on Raw. The other, the other big thing. Shout out to Jeff Johnson over at uh, BR and uh, the betting exchange. He called Raw the HBCU show. <laughs> so <laughs> if you want to keep, if you want to keep all the black talents on Monday and keep them coming, I'd watch it. I'd watch it. If they decided we're just going to bring all the black talent on Monday Night Raw, <laughs> trust me, I'd watch it. Oh, my gosh. That would be so great. That'd be, that, oh, man. WWE, it'd be like the, it would be like the most just like just insane thing to do, but it would also just be brilliant in its own way. It would anyway. make the most sense. Like, let's just and, and before we continue, I know we get on AEW about their lack of black talent, but I do have to commend them. In oh, the past no. several weeks, they have done. They have. They have really put a concerted effort to making black talents matter on their show. Right, like the you know the, I know we we joked about Arn Anderson at the top of the show, but you know Lee getting that spot, uh, you know, as Cody's partner and doing the tagging and Arn pretty much saying, you know, forget Cody, he's too much of a pussy. At least this guy listens to me. You know, what I'm saying like that matters. Signing Leo Rush, who I'm a huge, you know, any. I've I've worked with Leo Rush for his entire duration in WWE, and you know I've known him for a very long time, even dating back to his Ring of Honor days. That's a huge get for them. You know when I was when I was pissing and moaning about not signing elite black talent that aren't in WWE, I'm like this guy is hanging around as a free agent, and you guys aren't getting him. Jonathan Grisham, another guy, even though he hasn't been signed yet, that's another guy you can get. But you got Leo Rush, so I say all that to say WWE doubling and tripling down on their diversity and 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 talents and if you're gonna make raw like super de duper black you know what i'm saying like i'm 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 not mad at that i'm with that i'm absolutely with that but we'll see we'll see where the, where the story goes after the draft it might be a, a whole different uh outlook over there it's true this episode is brought to you by lincoln in the all-new 2024 nautilus hybrid Featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh, my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit Lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York, we want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like... 
Can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. Well, one thing that I'm looks like I'm going to be very wrong about is that uh, I said, with, I think I said on Sunday night with like 100% certainty that Drew McIntyre would go to SmackDown. <laughs> and now, now it looks like they're going to put Lashley over there and then McIntyre's out there at the end of the show challenging Big E, uh, the official sword point Doing challenge. Doing the squirrel points. like Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> Big E versus Drew in a sort of friendly is a not a terrible thing. I'd be very excited to see that match and... and um, if that's the way they're going to go, I think that's cool. I also think that I know this is sort of obvious. I I don't think we have to like turn Drew heel in some sort of like monumental way, but it's I don't think I don't think anybody would disagree that we got to sort of tweak that character a little bit oh, yeah. for the for the, could, for, it, for the future. It could only stay friendly for so long, right? Like I could see Drew and Big E being like friendly competition. Ah, ah, ah. You know, you came to me like a man, this, this, that, and the third. Uh, but I could totally see. I mean, Drew is starting to really like come into his own as a character. And that's the benefit of not being champion anymore, right? Like when you're not the champ, you get to kind of like redefine yourself. So when you go after it again, you know, you have a different coat of paint. And, you know, I'm sure Drew will be WWE champion again very, very soon. Um, but maybe just a little bit of... And, I, and he doesn't have to be like a full-blown heel. But when he's standing next to the New Day, it's going to be really hard to get cheered, right? <laughs> like, everybody loves those guys. And, you know, Drew just having a slight change of attitude might be just enough for people to kind of get invested and, uh, you know, really make that... that you know, rivalry work. So we'll see, man. Drew's been out of the, the WWE title picture for a minute. So doesn't surprise me that he's the, he's the first one stepping up as uh, Lashley is uh, probably getting the heave-ho over to Fox. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Uh, I kind of would love to see them do not a heel turn, but why not do something like like I was complimenting for the? I mean, I, listen, there's we, there's room for to rip off angles, right? We're talking about <laughs> how many Nature Boys and Bearcats there can be. Do a little like Carmelo Hayes, Trick Williams thing. Let's like bring put Sheamus when Sheamus gets back. Just let him be a bad influence on Drew for a minute. You know they teased at that stuff before. You know, like let let Drew just like surround himself with the people he knows for the longest and think that he's gonna help them, and then. You know, but you, why not just bring Bad News Barrett in as like a consultant too? Like all, like they they were like the big three from the British Isles, you know, whatever when they came in from the UK. Yeah, yeah. Let like let's just have those three guys hang out and just sort of be like we're like we're 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 the babyface heroes of the show, or let or that's what McIntyre thinks. But he's got some he's got some people in his ear leading him astray. Like just a little yeah. tweak on the babyface character. Something. He's, something. He's he's good, I and mean, he he's obviously like a long term superstar for them. You just got to keep him fresh, you know. Yeah, he was a sneaky good heel back in his. Day. I mean, I know we really got behind him at the Royal Rumble, and you know he's been a well, great. Like, he was a great like you know pandemic champion, but before that, you know the stuff that he was doing against the Undertaker and the Roman Reigns and Timo Adolf, like he was a sneaky good heel too. Well, that's so, the thing. Like, he and he's a great talker, right? And he's not only is he a great talker, but he's a great shoot. Like he's a great interview guy he's a great yes. media guy he's a great like 
come on your he come on this podcast. You know, yeah. he's really, like he's he's a great like re, he's a great real dude. He's doing all yes. like the he just did the big tour through uh the UK, you know, or the, through England and like doing all these press junkets and stuff and taking photos on top of double decker buses. That like he's perfect for that, okay? Mm-hmm. It's a skill that most people don't have. But that doesn't mean you have to pigeonhole him as like the cheery good guy, right? Hey, I look mean, at like, the Miz. Look at the Miz, dude. Yeah, like, that's all you need. That's all. You, that's all. The, just because, the... just because he talks, just because he's a great interview, doesn't mean he can't be. I mean, shit. Make him, make him crow sting. You know, like he doesn't mean that's not a good use of him to do something really awesome with him, even if it means less talking. You know, yeah, let yeah. him get serious and quiet for a while. We'll get more serious about him. Anyway, we're giving a lot of advice here. We should just be rolling through all this stuff. Uh, any well, any other big draft predictions since we have the draft coming up starting on yeah, SmackDown man. Friday? I got I got a prediction. It might not be a prediction. It might be a spoiler. Mass Man exclusive. All right. All right. Hit Row to SmackDown. I yeah. think it's happening. I think, I think, uh, I think, hit, I think, um, you know, shout out to NXT 2.0. I think they've established that they're going to be character guys for a while. And you can kind of see the incumbents of the old era and the new era starting to move on to different things. Mm-hmm. Um, I could have, I would have bet the house that EO Shirai and, and Stark would have lost the tag team titles because I think, yeah, me too. I think EO's ready for the big show, but I also think hit row is definitely ready for the big show. You know what I mean? Like I think they either going to find themselves either on SmackDown or raw um, I also believe uh, we might get a. If I had to guess, who else? Man, no, yeah, I'll, I'll say I'll say hit row to SmackDown. I will say Drew stays on Raw, and I think there's a possibility we get Bianca Belair to Raw. I mean, I wouldn't do it because I think she's their biggest current female star. And keeping her on Fox probably is going to be a Fox decision more than a WWE decision. Yeah, it feels decision. like feels like something Fox would, have, would would put a foot down for. But let's right. but it's possible. But, but I'm I'm really uh, gosh I don't know how we get there, but I know the eventual big money is Charlotte Flair versus Bianca Belair. Oh, like, for sure. The two alpha female athletes. Like if if any if any division needs a kick in the pants, it's probably you know the women's division on Monday Night Raw. And, it's true. Um, well, we, I feel like we do this every time. Every time there's a shakeup or a draft or whatever, we're like, well, they got uh, we have all these ideas, but like, how are they going to balance out the women's division? And the answer right. almost every time seems to be they don't do it in a way in a logical way that we can predict right it's like they right. still put all the talent on one show and then the other show gets like all these NXT call-ups and like mm-hmm. some they they do some like some background players and they sort of elevate and with the, with divisions as small as theirs you can do that and it actually becomes pretty functional right like nobody's like it's a lot easier to turn Zelina Vega into a title threat when your division's yeah. six people and no one's really like raising an eyebrow at it. Right. But you right. could, I mean, it's, it's, but it'd be hard to do in a giant men's division, but, uh, I agree that, you know, I want to see Bianca versus Charlotte. I mean, they gotta, they gotta do that. And if, I mean, with, with, you know, that's Charlotte's, whole, with, with Charlotte's whole fam- family working for other companies, they should, <laughs> uh, they should probably pull the trigger on it sooner but, rather than later. But yeah, that's, that's a WrestleMania match. That is a, SmackDown. I mean, now that I look at it, I feel like the only reason why you keep the title off of Bianca Belair, which, you know, I'm assuming they're going to go triple threat soon with Sasha, Bianca, Becky. Uh, But I feel like the only way you take the title off of Bianca is to eventually get her warmed up for Charlotte Flair. You know what I mean? So um, 
I don't know. Uh, we're gonna see. Uh, I think if, if Sasha's sticking around for a while, you could you could toy around with Sasha and Becky and the rest of that division. But Raw's three hours, man. You got to fill a lot of time. So I don't mind like getting the Raw Women's Division kind of stacked up. You already got Rhea Ripley and, and Nikki Ash doing both shows now as the as the Women's Tag Team Champions, and uh, so that's a little help that SmackDown gets in their Women's Division. I think you know uh, Liv Morgan's getting some some good run right now. Um, I could see Carmella going over to Raw also. You know what I mean? Like, I think she's she's kind of doing her thing as well. Um, but yeah, I, 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 that's those are my those are my draft predictions. Carmella to Raw, Hit Row to SmackDown, Bianca to Raw, and uh, gosh, you got to split up a tag team, right? What's a draft without splitting up a tag team? Uh, <laughs> probably the Street Profits. Like, it might be time. It might be time for for main event Montez. And, uh, you know, we've kind of seen what they've done and see where the Usos are going and the bloodlines going if there's going to be a Hurt Business reunion. Um, And, I mean, hell, Montez Ford is shooting a lot of C4 commercials by himself. So, I mean, I think think it might be time. And and he's a a star in the making, obviously. I mean, I I don't know if we talked about it in the last episode, but the promo that Montez Ford cut on SmackDown to get that had Roman Reigns saying, like, what the hell did he just say? Like, almost like the audacity to, like, talk talk trash about the bloodline. That's a star-making promo right there. Like, Montez was go, was giving out promo class. Like, he, I don't want to sound blasphemous. I might sound a little blasphemous, David. Go but on. But you look at that Montez promo, and it's like, I see a little bit of Dwayne in there. I see a little bit of Dwayne being able to jump in between voices and be comical and at the drop of a hat, call you a bitch and be dead, dead serious. It's like, oh, yeah, that's a main event promo right there. So here's my only thing with Montez. I think Montez, I mean, I met him in real life before he was on the main roster and I was like, oh, shit, this guy's everything. Like he's this is this is this is magic. But. And and everything that we see from him, I mean, that you see all you need to know. it's almost like the problem with him is, is his greatest asset, right? Of all of, like, for the past decade, WWE has been pump, like bringing people through NXT, trying to find the next rock to their detriment. You think of all the guys that should have had managers that forever didn't have managers because they were like, no, learn how to cut a promo. Learn, right. for some of them, learn English and learn how to cut a promo. <laughs> you know, it's like they, yeah. they, they want everybody to be, fi- to be like five tool stars, right? They want everybody right. to have everything. He has everything. He has everything the problem is that he has the he has the rock vibes you can see it bubbling out of him every time mm-hmm. he does a frog splash and hits the jumbotron you see you're like how can this guy not be <laughs> there's too much right there that you can grab yeah. onto and i'm not saying he's not ready that he is but the rock didn't come out of the gate when the first time the, the first time the rock did did you if you smell what the rock's cooking he did not do la 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 la. Yeah, right? yeah, that, yeah, he, yeah. You evolve that into that, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And w- the, the the risk with someone as gifted as Montez Ford is that you jump straight to the la 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 la. Right? It's like but, but, I, all right. So here's my thing. Here's no, my no, thing. Right? He's like, not doing it though. He he's playing it safe. But go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was about to say like I I, I hear what you're saying because he's almost a child of the Rock, right? Like he came up with this already finished, polished version of what Dwayne is. So naturally, he's only going to evolve from that. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you, if I, if, if he could skip all the steps of going from Rocky Maivia 
to, you know, giving Farouk the solid gold watch to smell la 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 la. If he could skip all those steps and go straight to smell la 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 la, where the the potential's endless. Because like he, it's, could, it's, he could take it to a whole nother level if possible. Yeah, you're right. I think the ceiling is higher. I don't disagree yes. with that at all. I just think in terms of, this goes back a little bit to the Keith Lee conversation because this is maybe unnecessarily old school. But I think if you split, if you break up a tag team and you're going to make a guy, there's some kind of basic basic paces you have to go through and you kind of got to get the crowd behind you a little bit and new and do the, this guy's breaking out, it's time to start over. And you got to be a little bit basic, more basic than the full fledged. He's not going to go back to square one. Right. But you just got to, I just, I just think, well, I don't know. I'm wrong because the crowd loves him. I mean, the whatever. crowd loves him, dude. The crowd he's, loves him. He's a good looking dude. The 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 wife. That household has got to have some of the highest level wrestling conversations in the world, right? That should be <laughs> exactly. They, they, well, don't. I was gonna say give him a podcast, but don't give him a podcast because you know they'll they'll it'll probably mess up their flow. But the, yeah. but the but man, I mean, I, I just have all the faith in the world with him, and I guess it's sort of like the way we would talk about the way they would talk about Roman Reigns, and we have said it on the show a million times, but Roman Reigns and Xavier Woods were the two guys on the don't fuck it up list when they were coming through developmental, right? Mm -hmm. And I just put Montez on my don't fuck it up list. It's like, do, like, pencil him in for WrestleMania main events for years to come, but let's just be like 5% cautious that we're not gonna fuck this up along the way, right? Yeah. Every, every time you write a script, say, is any of this run the risk of fucking it up? <laughs> you know, he's, and then, and then, he's someone, if... If he doesn't win the Royal Rumble, not this year coming up, but the next, the year after that, he's got to be a guy who gets that Royal Rumble build, right? Like, he's got to be that somebody who kind of, you know, figures himself out as a single star for a while, for about a year, and then, like, has that build to winning the Rumble, going to Mania, and having that moment. Like, he has every single tool. Like, you look at, like, anytime I look at him, I'm like, he kind of looks like Charles Woodson, right? Like he kind of looks like like an NFL All Pro player, except he's a wrestler. He carries himself as a football player, like he carries himself as like a professional athlete. And if you're looking, if you're reading the tea leaves and seeing what developmental is and seeing what NXT has turned into, it is a show full of pro athletes who are learning WWE. Right? It's it's not the other way around. And I feel like they've seen those two people, and, and, and I say Montez and Bianca, they've seen them two come through developmental and do things so well that it almost changed their entire way of developing talent to me. Like, how do you not see somebody like Bianca Belair come in, absolutely murder the combine, you know what I'm saying? Have all this natural ass charisma and not being like, you know what? We should just fill this place with Bianca Belair's. And that's what they're doing. Same thing with Montez Ford. It's but like the, the problem is you have two people who are the you're talking about the most gifted people possible at this. And they come from different yes. sort of ends, right? They're right. not, I mean, I mean, both legit athletes and everything. But like, you know, Bianca is just like pure, like she's the most physically gifted person in the in the company. In the company by far. And, and all you and, have to do, and, and and with her, it's like you know, hone that and channel the personality, whatever Montez comes in is like, I mean, like I said, like he's like a five tool guy, you know, like he can do a little bit of everything. You just got to find what the pieces, how to put the pieces together to make the character that people are going to care about. Yeah, right. With Montez, so, it almost looked like you, you can't fuck him up. 
You know what I yeah. mean? Like he's got May- so much. He's got so much stuff that you can't teach. Like that that natural. Yes. That natural thing so, that you can't really put on certain folks. But this is what I mean, though. But if you build your whole developmental system on making more of them, that's as that's as stupid as making everybody to be like the Rock, right? Because there's right. not like a bunch of rocks out there, and there's not going to be a bunch of Tez and Bianca's out there. I mean, we saw. I mean, listen, B Fab might have a huge history. But there, but she she comes from a legit athletic background as well as a legit hip hop background or whatever. They throw her out there in this NXT 2.0. She might be on SmackDown in three in, tomorrow, and you know that Meltzer said the the match she had on NXT this week was the worst match in like WWE <laughs> history or something like that. I don't know if I would go that far. I wouldn't go that far, Dave. But it's clear that she. But it's That's clear why that nobody she's, listens to your rating system anymore. That's all about no, the no. Kaz rating system. <laughs> yeah. Well, that yes, exactly. Thank you. The KRS is is uh, is 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 definitely the path of the future. That's but right. I do. But I do think it's that like it's cryptocurrency. Like, <laughs> but but the but the but the risk you run when you're like just like let's make a world of let's just make a bunch of Bianca Belairs is that you have somebody that comes along who's like not as gifted not on the or not whatever not exactly on the same timeline and if she wrestles two matches and it's sort of you're you're not excited by it then what do you do you start over but I don't like, I, I, I'm not looking at it as like you know they're so good they changed it I look at it as like it's almost a necessary change because of what AEW is doing so well, right? Like they are they are succeeding so much in getting those well traveled, you know, in ring generals. You know what I'm saying? That just put on great like bell to bell stuff, right? WWE, what they what WWE has that AEW lacks is not resources, but resources within recruiting. You know what I'm saying? So like. They got Gable Stevenson. They got Rick Steiner. They got guys who are either super high D1 athletes or gold medalists or former UFC fighters and all this type of stuff. And they feel like that they have, you know, they have such a developmental system that has worked for so many people that if they took the same effort that they put into making Adam Cole a big deal, but we can get somebody who looks bigger and better and probably you know what i'm saying like and hasn't been and hasn't been so i don't want to say touched by like different areas but you know like there's something exciting about somebody you haven't really seen before right like the same excitement that you have about what you what you've seen them do already is the anticipation there's a different sort of excitement for somebody who you've never seen before but, you know, you could kind of, like, portray and figure it out and be like, all right, like, as much as when The Shield started and everybody knew John Moxley and Tyler Black, who was the guy who really stood out? It was Roman. Why? Because he's a pro athlete who had a certain look that you couldn't teach. And it was like, you know what? We got enough resources to make this guy matter more than these guys that people have already seen before. So I feel like if you're looking at a developmental that way, why well, wouldn't you want to continue to do it's that? It's funny because Ron's is out there doing interviews, or I guess he did the Austin show or whatever, but one of the things he talked about in it was that it was always, a, the Shield was always an angle that was meant to get those three guys over as individual stars, but they were told, they were given, you know, one of the, like the marching orders they were given is to build a Roman Reigns moment into every match or every, you know, big spot because and people went absolutely nuts. And that yeah. shows that you can read that a lot of different ways, but that shows like without a shadow of a doubt, the power of the WWE machine when they yep. get it right, when they want to get behind somebody. We got to keep rolling out of this, but I think this is actually a crazy good conversation and we'll keep talking about it when we see who's 
left standing in NXT. When Rick that when 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 Braun Breaker is main eventing WrestleMania, <laughs> we'll when, Braun, when Braun Breaker is on Raw next week, uh, <laughs> that was not? my pick. They said he's not patient. Officials up on Raw next I week. I know, I know. Though, like if they he cut I'm that watching. promo on the champ, you know he's he's gonna come after Ciampa's belt. So I guess maybe he's not getting called up. But man, that would be I think that would be a smart move. Anyway. Um, it's going to be interesting to see who's left standing in NXT after this week. I would say this past episode was, I don't think we, I don't think if, I don't think we would have done the NXT is, is, is getting really awesome segment that we did last week after this week. If we were putting like, <laughs> this, this episode left a little bit to be desired. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm excited that they're trying. It's interesting that they're trying new things. Uh, the weirdest insult that I keep seeing online is people saying, well, this should be like dark, meaning like it should be a, a Peacock exclusive show and let NXT cook like doing their old thing. And it's like, I don't like why are we why are why are wrestling fans wasting time talking about what deserves to be on the USA Network and what doesn't. <laughs> right. Isn't that sort of a strange line of argument? Yeah, yeah. But anyway, we'll leave that to the USA executives. And 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 this is the most exciting time of the year because when the USA and Fox executives actually get in the steel cage and fight over who gets the big I was about stars to say, are they going to do the same thing they did last year where they like have like a, 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 a no. war room? <laughs> they are not, I, they are not going to do that as far as I know, but that, but that, but they, but who knows, who knows? They who might knows? do it. Um, yeah. So anyway, the draft is this week. Uh, it starts tomorrow night. It's actually, I mean, it's, it's exciting. It's exciting. You know, it's always a little bit of a letdown because just like with anything else, like with the Royal rumble, the unknown yeah. is what's so exciting. Right. And we yeah. get so stoked about it. And then, you know, it's it it is what it is. But and I'm sure there's people on the shelf too that I'm probably not thinking of that's been injured that's probably gonna end up coming back or being on the draft. So who knows, man? Like there's a lot of excitement. I love the draft. Yeah, th- that would be great if they just started bringing dudes back from ten years ago and just being like, he's finally recovered. Like you know, Mister, it's Mister <laughs> Mister Kennedy finally recovered from that tricep injury. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that could be really fun. Yeah, we might see some new stars. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, Davy Boy Smith Jr. Harry Smith has been hanging around waiting for his debut for the past like nine nice. months. So, oh gosh, maybe- another guy who I, who I'm NXT Austin Theory. I think Austin Theory might be somebody who gets gets that call up. Also, I Austin, think he's ready. Austin Theory. Well, did, he left and went to Raw. Well, more than once he left. He yeah. was part of. He was part of the. He was part of the Seth Rollins fan club. But then when he prior to returning for for. Indy Hartwell's wedding, he was gone again too. Yeah, he, he kind of He was doing stuff with Davy Boy during like opening matches and dark yeah. matches. Yeah, Austin Theory is one that is this perplexing to me because I don't think they're. I, I think that he has a lot of time and he has a lot of development uh, development left to do. But he just seems like such a layup for Vince McMahon, or such a you know, per, like he's a perfect Vince McMahon dude. That like I just I feel like I'm missing something as to why he's not already getting pushed to the moon, mm. but. He's got a lot of skills, and I'm excited to see him go. That would be that would be a really good one, I think. Um, well, let's move. We got to get out of here before too long. So let's talk about uh, AEW Dynamite last night. We have a Another new TNT champion. Another it was great a fantastic show. show. I watched the show. It's rare for me. I watched the show lying on my bed with my wife there for all of it, or all but the first ten minutes of it. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you her review. First of all, she hasn't watched AEW since like the first several months, I guess. So she's like, she is popping with every WWE star is appearing on the show like it's the Royal Rumble, right? Like every right. every time there's a new segment, she's like, she's like, Mir- wait, wait, is that Rusev? He looks great. <laughs> he looks freaking great. He's lost all this weight. Like she's just yeah. going nuts. Like it's, it's fantastic. She loved the opening match. She was engaged in the match, like move to move in a way that 
I don't know that I've ever seen her. And this is not lest you heathens out there get any ideas. My <laughs> wife is definitely a definitely a, a Roman Reigns guy, right? She's <laughs> she's definitely Yo, my fiance. Cannot stand Roman Reigns. Which I know. Is hilarious I know. Well, listen. I don't think. It, listen. I'm. I'm. Well, what I'm saying here is this. This is not a personality discussion. I'm just right. saying that, like, if my wife is drawing up, like, the dudes that she like, the matches. If we're if we're listing the matches that she's watching for less than technical reasons. Yes. Uh, you got. You got to put it. You got to. We. We should gotta, have like a There's gonna a be a lot more Bobby Lashley's on that list than Darby Allen's on that list. There That's all go. I'm saying in my there household. All right. We're not. So, we're not down with the with the <laughs> with the vanilla white guy. <laughs> well, like just the smaller, the smaller dude like whatever yeah. like you can acknowledge that that guy is I, why are we having this conversation let's to get our ladies fair, on the show my, my, wife, my wife's favorite wrestler is Keith Lee as soon as she saw Keith Lee she's like oh my god this big huge guy doing all these flips he's awesome you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. so it makes sense why she would be with me because I'm yes. just a big you know nimble big, guy big teddy well. bear doing lots of flips that's there how we go. always talk about there it is. Um, but that she opening does not match, get Roman at all she's like this that, guy is just a douche. <laughs> the opening match. <laughs> this is the greatest segue. The opening match of all to, uh, of uh, of AEW last night was super good. Yes. I mean, I was like, I said to my wife, it's really good that you got that AEW's actually got the market cornered on these smaller guys, which is why Adam Cole going there was brilliant because you can have yep. a match like Adam Cole versus Jungle Boy and have it not seem like a like a two hundred five live match. And yeah. Dom, my wife was like, yeah. You can tell that they're small, though. I'm not confused about their size. It's just they, you know, they work well together because they're yeah. like, and I was like, yes, it seems legitimate. It seems like a like a lightweight match in the UFC. Like it just has a sort of like like believability to it in a certain way. And uh, and those two guys, they they killed it. I mean, what a good match that was. It was booked really well. Uh, I got Jungle some Boy, stars to give away, Dave. Got some stars to give away. I'll just and, say and, before and you then, start, I think Jungle, uh, just general commentary on AW Jungle Boy. Since the beginning, everyone's been saying he's a you know he's one of these future players in the company. He's got all the skills. People have been saying knocking NXT for not you know for needing more developmental time, and they need people coming through the indies. Jungle Boy works him on the indies, but he's the sort of guy that like he should wrestle three days a week. He should go out and find other shows because every time he gets in the ring, you can see the growth, right? You can see the you can he legitimizes himself more and more every time. Dude, that guy is magic, and I just can't wait to see him get better and better and better. And I will say as a general AEW commentary, listen, there's some people that are getting less screen time than they did a year ago because there's more people on the roster. There's more big names on the roster. That's bound to happen. People have talked about it. But a year ago, if you look at the list of people that we were talking about as like NXT's future, it was Jungle Boy. It was uh, Darby Allin. It was MJF. Um and Sammy Who else Guevara. Am I leaving out? Sammy and Sammy Guevara. Those yeah, were like the MJ four horsemen. About. Yeah. Those were the four horsemen of the future of the company. And all those guys got huge spots last night. Yeah. And those got no no one can complain that those dudes aren't getting their aren't, aren't getting their run. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. They're, they're, and my, you know, back to the CAS rating system. Do it. Let's each get some one ratings. of these. They all they all have to do with those four pillars, right? So the yes sir match of the night, Adam Cole versus Jungle Boy, great match. Again, it's the yes sir is three and ch- three stars and some change, basically saying like, hey, listen, if I could show this match to a casual and they get it, it's a good match, right? So Adam Cole, for some reason, Adam Cole always seemed bigger than Jungle Boy to me, and as soon as they stood next to each other, I'm like, oh, they're like exactly the same size. This is going to be fun. Of course, 
in AEW, I grade them on a curve because they've spoiled me with non uh, non dirty finishes. Uh, so a dirty finish gets knocked out of a peg. But again, love their entrances. I think Adam Cole has the best entrance in w- in, in AEW by far. Best music. They've come such a long way from the shitty Japan video game <laughs> entrance music that they've had. But the match was incredible. Banger from bell to bell and really could again jungle boy every time he gets in the ring you see why he's like okay this guy's gonna be like their top baby face in the company in like a year or probably less than that at this point um classic moments of the night we got two classic moments uh one which i mentioned earlier in the show aw uh Concerted effort to make uh, Black Talent matter on the show, right? I know we talk oh, about yeah. it all the time, but man, it is uh, it is good to see that they're actually listening and nobody is feeding for, you know, AEW to just moonshot Black wrestlers to the top of the card as, as the world champions or whatever. But I thought Scorpio Sky was featured prominently last night. The Leo Rush debut was really dope. Um, again, with the Nightmare family, Arn Anderson pulling out the blicky on Cody Rhodes. I think that was great. And making his, uh, you know, his, his, his tag team partner look like a, a, a special talent as well. And um, yeah, man, I think they got Jade Cargill's uh, set up for a big triple threat match, which I think would lead oh, to yeah, a, I'm excited a woman's about title that. match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that, looks, yeah. that looks like a good one. I mean, listen, there's a little bit my own the only moment that i was taken out of it last night the entire show was when daniel bryan came back and he's like i challenge any of you to a match on rampage it just seems mm. like a very like 80s wrestling like like uh, but he's like, doing I, it purposely though like i, no, I, I love know. i love that he's doing that i love that he's not doing any bells and whistles white t-shirt straight up i want to fight you do you want to fight yes or yeah. no like I think he's doing. I think he's just trying to say, like, "Hey, can I just get good wrestling over?" No, I know, and, but they, no, I was just making a joke because they're like taking, they're, they're making such an effort to get Rampage to make Rampage a big deal that it's taking you actually out of the the real thing. Daniel Bryan would say is like, "Who's asking I kick in this moment?" Right? Let's fight right now. And mm-hmm. said he's like, "There's another show we're taping after this, and I would like, you know, I mean, anyway." But so, but that was. Uh, first of all, I can't wait to see that match. I mean, that's gonna, oh, yeah. that's the, the, that and the triple. I'm very excited about that triple threat. Just in a very, in, I'm, I'm interested to see what they do. I think that there's a lot of opportunity there, and um, and yeah, I mean, they it's just a the, the they have a lot of we're talking I mean, talking about the like, black talent on AEW. You're absolutely right. Like they're making a concerted effort, and I hope we didn't say anything. Nothing ever came out of my mouth to question whether or not they were like invested in that as a concept. I mean, it's clear that that would be a goal for them. Right. Um, but like, I, you know, I mean, it, it, they, you start off kind of with a deck stacked and one, and it's not deck stacked against anybody. The deck is stacked, right? When, the, when they, when they had that like opening day roster. And like I said, at the time, the more time you're committing to the legends of the Crockett territory on TV, the more mm-hmm. you're kind of stacking the deck one certain way, right? And mm-hmm. nobody nobody in a million years will hear me saying, don't have Arn Anderson on your TV show. He is the <laughs> freaking best. Um, but, you know, and it's just great to see them really going for it because they're going, and, and this is it. I mean, this let this be the last conversation we have about it. You know what I'm right. saying? Because right. like, they- It like, shows you can do it. It shows and, you can do it. Like there's so many people. Well, are like, and here's oh, the thing, well. and you're not hot shotting anybody. You've done like you're 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 meeting. You're you're like you're you're doing more. You're going over and above already, even without 
you know, black wrestlers in the main event or whatever. Like I've seen mm-hmm. enough, you know, mm-hmm. as long as we stay down this path, we, we can sell, we can end the conversation. I swear. I mean, it's like, yeah. it'll probably come back up like it always does, but this is, but it's, I'm, I was, I, I had the exact same note and I'm glad that, uh, with the exact same names and I'm, and even that, I mean, there's like dudes on dark are getting a look, you know, that like, they're, yeah, they're, Darius Lockhart got a look, yes. which was awesome. Yeah. You know what I mean, Lee Mariotti just got signed who I wasn't super keen on, but Ron, Ron Funch just put me on. I went and watched the match. And I'm like, Oh gosh, this guy's awesome. So yeah. yeah. And, and, and Tony Khan is, is outwardly saying, you know, yes, like these are people that we want, you know, and making yeah. their signings a big deal. So that's awesome. Well, uh, one other signing or not signing na- new name out of the mouth in AEW is Bobby Fish, who's also going to be making an appearance uh, on Rampage apparently, or is it Rampage this week? Challenging for the Sammy Guevara for the TV title. Oh, Dynamite! Next, I think he's back on di- Dynamite next week next on week. Dynamite, yeah, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Bobby Fish, who is who we know as an MLW figure now since his release from from WWE or NXT, every, whatever you want to say, is now going to pop up. I mean, it, Bobby Fish is an excellent like mid card dude, and I don't know if he's going to be an AEW regular or what. I think there's probably a little bit of cognitive dissonance with having him on the same show as Adam Cole without anybody being like wildly interested in, in litigating that relationship as a storyline, you know? Right, but, right. But he's a great guy to have around, man. He's a perfect guy to be going with Sammy Guevara. By the way, that match, you mentioned, I mean, you talked about it already, but Miro versus Sammy Guevara had me more invested than I had any right in being invested. And I'm, and, and talking about being done with conversations, I'm done. Like now I'm, it's going to get to the point soon where I'm, where I get irrationally excited about AEW because anytime you're watching a show and something, and they don't have a shocking moment and the main event comes around, you're like, this is a match I'm mildly, you know, excited for, you know, the match is going to deliver the match. Like, the, like it's always an A plus yeah. it's all like, and those two guys, I mean, there were some moments where it's like the chemistry wasn't quite there in the early going, and I was just like, okay, but they're telling a good story. I like what they're doing. Dude, the whole end game, the whole second half of that match even was just so great. It was so freaking good. And I, that's great. You see that match on paper, you don't think Sammy Guevara is going to win, right? Yeah. And it's not, and listen, Sammy Guevara didn't walk into the match as like the, the, the heeliest heel that ever healed, you know, because obviously they've done a lot with the whole inner circle over the past several months to steer them in the other direction. But I still think you put that put that match almost in the category of a double turn because yeah, because yep. Miro is such an indie fan favorite, like a diehard fan favorite, and Sammy Guevara was you know had has spent so much of his time on the main roster as just a gum chewing smart ass heel, you know, like whatever. It's like like that match by the end had me feeling such dramatically different things for those two wrestlers than I started the match feeling that. Even though it's not definitionally a double turn, it had that energy, and I was so—I mean, what? A, it was such a thing of beauty, man. That match, yeah, like I was—that's that's, that's my banger of the week, man. Uh, Miro uh, versus Sammy, uh, four stars, loved it. Uh, Miro has been one of my favorite wrestlers for a long time, and getting to getting to see, see him really shine as this super heavyweight, like awesome, just star maker of a wrestler is was just really fulfilling to see for folks who have like believed in Rusev since NXT days. And, um, you know, he, he, again, I didn't, I didn't go and think that Sammy Guevara was going to win because Rusev had just been booked so well ever since he came to AEW that I thought it would be like a good, you know, college try, whatever. 
but I didn't think they pulled the trigger that fast. So, I mean, unless you're, they're getting, uh, you know, Miro warmed up for, you know, a, a world title run or, or something interesting, or maybe he's just taking a break for a while. I don't know, but there's nothing more fun than, you know, whooping ass for the, in the name of Jesus, which, which Miro has been doing for the past several, uh, months. Uh, but again, incredible action. Um, Big guys, as much as I love big meaty men bumping meat, there's nothing better than a big ass heel champion going up against a scrawny, high flying baby face, right? Like that. Oh, would you do that right? That almost works 99 out of 100 times. You know what I'm saying? And it worked again last night. You got Sammy Guevara as a super over baby face. And, um, you know, the TNT championship, man, it's going to be fun. And that's going to be the title that's defended every week, we hope, uh, with a so, guy like him having it. So if that's the, if that's if that kind of match works better than any other match, would you make the argument that WWE should just go straight to Amos versus Reginald for the WWE championship? <laughs> that would get 20 stars in the Kaz rating system, by the way. <laughs> by like, the way, I was texting with somebody on Monday night. I was like, this yeah, these two guys have to be a tag team. Like it's I gonna know it's, happen. A, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. You know, Just like, Reginald doing like like twelve thousand degree flips off of Amos' shoulders. Like come yeah. on, give me almost and Reginald as like the fucking the black Reggie. We gotta call him Reggie. He changed yeah, his name. Reggie. Sorry, I keep, yeah. <laughs> Reggie and almost as the black Ginyu Force for WWE. Oh my <laughs> like, god, you got, you got almost as his giant ass Captain Ginyu, and then you know. I don't want to mess up my anime names, but you get what I'm saying. Just it, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. But baby, the babyface John says that says sign me up. So that, that that if he if he gives the thumbs up, then it's okay. All right, we got to get out of here before we go. A very very abbreviated version of sell or no sell. All right, let's do it. Now, if you remember, sell means you're into it. No I'm sell into it. means you're not into it. All right, <clears throat> we talked about it before. Sell or no sell. Dave Meltzer says, "Be fab." versus Electro Lopez was the worst WWE match of the year. Sell or no sell? No selling that. There's been terrible WWE matches all year long. I refuse to believe two people that I just saw for the first time less than a month ago is going to be the worst thing I've ever seen. Uh give them some I, I don't I don't I don't like I don't like shitting on people like that. I think obviously this is developmental for a reason, so I'm not going to go that far. Uh so I'm no selling this melty. Your time your time's ticking, buddy, with your rating system. <laughs> All right, Brian Cage, and this is a much debated quote. So let's just without wait without loading it down with 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 weird, with different reads. Brian Cage says it's nuts that Tony Khan takes on all the responsibilities of booking when he has so much else going on. It didn't mean it negatively, but he meant it's crazy that he's doing this much work as a human being. Sell or no sell? I'm selling this. Uh, yeah, like. Welcome to the wrestling business. Like, that's what you do. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Especially if you want to take out, you know, the big kahuna, you got to be able to do all that type of stuff, right? Like, if I'm putting all this money and putting all this effort in, hell yeah. And, and if I'm a fan at the end of the day, which let's not forget, as much of a businessman Vince is, he's the biggest mark of all, you know? Like, he loves this more than anybody could even possibly imagine. And I would figure Tony Khan's in the same shoes. Dana Bryan said something you know, uh, on an interview, I think with BR a couple of weeks ago. And he's basically like, it's, it's shocking how much Vince and Tony Khan have in common. And that's probably one of those things, just that undying, you know, work ethic to put on the best show you could possibly can every weekend. That's what you got to do if you want to be number one at this, man. So crazy, 
Yes, I'm selling this BK. Okay, okay here, here's a couple more. Sell or no sell. Well, how, these two go hand in hand. Sell or no sell. Stephanie McMahon is number two on Forbes World's Forbes World's Most Influential CMO list. And wow. separately, Sean Ross Sapp has reported Shane McMahon is no longer with the company. Oh um, wow. <laughs> okay, sell or no sell. Stephanie wins over Shane again. Oh, sell. Absolutely. I mean, anybody who has seen Stephanie growing up, as much as we love watching Shane jump off of, you know, anything and everything to entertain us, Stephanie has always been her father's daughter in every sense of the word, right? And uh, even as a character, Stephanie has been infinitely more interesting than Shane McMahon, just as character-wise. And uh, as the CMO, I mean, let's talk about influence. Like, if we're talking about somebody who was at the head of marketing a brand, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's not a whole lot of people that are in the same stratosphere as Stephanie McMahon, especially when it comes to female CMOs in the entire country, especially when it comes to entertainment. So, you know, do what you think of WWE as a product is far different than what is the reality of WWE as a business. So, I mean, the the list don't get too long before you get to Stephanie McMahon. So I'm, I'm selling this one. Absolutely. And last but not least, you already mentioned it, but let's end on a high note. Sell or no sell, Leo Rush to AEW. Leo Rush is all elite. Leo Rush, man. Big sell in this. Uh, anybody, every, I think it's well documented, uh, my relationship with Leo Rush. I'm very, 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 very happy for him. He's one of my... Uh, best friends I've made in this business. Uh, somebody who, you know, him and his wife, Sarah, have been very close to my family for a long time. And I'm so, so happy to see him uh, take control of his career again. He had a, a lot of scares um, health-wise when it came to injuries and, and stuff like that. And I think the time off and the rehab that he's done over the past year uh, has gotten him back to a place where he could wrestle um, just enough to still make a lot of money and be be interesting and be a net plus for that company. They need black stars. And Leo Rush is a black star. He's an experienced black star. He's not somebody you need to put on dark. He's not somebody who's green. He's somebody who has done everything. He's, he's, he's a guy who's done it all at a relatively young age. He's only 26 years old. He's super duper young. You know what I mean? So if a guy like Leo Rush can't get popping in AEW, uh, not many people can. So I'm very happy for him. I think he's going to be a major player in AEW. That's my guy, man. I got to sell this. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, it's just rare that you see somebody who just le jumps off the screen, you know, especially in the sort of controlled environment of WWE. And he, he was, I mean, he was over. I mean, he he was just when he, when he was out there with Lashley, like he was he was the money right there. And Lashley's gone on to be bigger and better and everything else. But Leo Rush just showed showed everything you need to show. It's a little bit well, I, I'm not going to get too in, uh, too reflective in this thing, but he's got skills and he could be huge for them. I mean, he's mm -hmm. just such a good signing. Um, Absolutely. Anyway, Absolutely. we got to get out of here. We've been doing this for way too long today, Kaz. <laughs> Get your plugs in. You know what time it is. Uh, MSGPM coming back with the start of the New York Knicks season. So you see me and Monica back in the studio very, very soon. But say less with Kaz, Oki, and Rosie every Monday, wherever you stream podcasts. Uh, I'll be on Clubhouse today with uh, a bunch of incredible people. Josiah Johnson, uh, Big Daps, uh, Self's videos, talking about life beginning with the game ending uh, with the Spring Hill Company. So check that out. That should be a fun chat. 
And um, man, I, I got a couple of other things coming down the pipeline. Shout out to everybody who tuned into the hashtag sports conversation yesterday. With, uh, I had with AJ Styles on esports. Great talk there. And um, yeah, man, you, you'll 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 catch me uh, on on plenty plenty spaces, but especially here talking to Graps with my guy Dave and Babyface John every single Thursday. Yeah, thanks as always uh, to our Babyface production assistant. John Kerma, thank you guys for listening. Apologies, as always, to Johnny Moxley. We'll see you back here next week, humanoids. Peace. Tony Schiavone here on the Masked Man Show. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on the Masked Man Show. 